Alright, hello everybody and welcome to iCommand and Season 9 for IACP is upon us. The full set has been spoiled as of last week and we've also got the all the cards have been uploaded into Vassal with a new Vassal module thanks to Trevor aka there is no try and it looks like Tabletop Admiral uh, as of right now has just been updated with all the cards so you can actually build all your new season 9 lists in Tabletop Admiral thanks again to both of those folks for getting that done for us do keep in mind they do they both have uh, patreon pages so if you want to support them check out the description in the video also we of course have a patreon ourselves for this channel definitely check out patreon.com slash IA command if you want to support the channel Anyway, um, we're going to go through all the cards. Uh, the nice thing about this season is that it's a short season. Um, we realized that we weren't doing great with the super long seasons we'd been doing in the past. Uh, the past two, I guess it was like the past two seasons we switched to that. We were doing nine months, then we switched to a year. We noticed the engagement was falling off with these long um, four-month playtest periods and eight months with no cards. So what we've done is we've taken what had become like 30 to 35 card seasons for that were one year. We've chopped them into two halves, basically. So <clears throat> as you saw there briefly, we've got about 17 individual cards total this season, if you count every single card. And that's about half. We had, I think, 34 last season. So there's going to be less cards overall, but we're going to get more cards more frequently. So now the new system is we're going to be doing public playtesting for two months, uh, only two updates um, during that time, and then people get to play for four months, no changes, no new cards, and then after the four months, the new season will come out and uh, people get new content. And I think, I think that's going to work a lot better. I've even noticed just with this season, like, it was just starting to, people I think were just starting to get bored right before Season 9 dropped, and it's kind of revitalized everyone, got everybody paying attention again. And there's some fun stuff in this season. Um, but you will notice there's going to be some wonkiness in terms of um, card counts for each faction. It doesn't quite divide perfectly. Uh, part of that is the restrictions that I put on the steering committee for how many cards uh, we would want to have in a season because really it just comes down to whether I can handle the workload or not. So I tried to set um, a number of slots that I thought I could handle each season and not fall too, fall too far behind like I was last season with stuff. So because of that, there's some wonkiness. Also, we started off with what was Season 9, basically became Season 9 and 10. So there's going to be stuff coming out six months from now in season 10 that were supposed to come out with this season with this batch but we had to split them up based on what we felt like was important for things to get tested either first before the other things in the season or together so there's some cards that needed to get tested together um so that's why you're gonna see some some actions have little less cards some have more so that's all it is um but we're still committed to faction balance for iacp but a huge thank you to all the steering committee members who helped put this season together. Honestly, Josh, uh, Wesley, the second flock, Derek, and Morgan, uh, like, they did so much of the work on designing all these cards. I kind of faded into the background a little bit this season, I think. 
and just kind of let them take over because they had so many good designs. I've been designing cards for this game for what three, four, five, six, for like five seasons now, starting in season three. And so um, we did use a couple of my designs that were very old that got slipped in there, but um, Josh and Second Flock and Derek and I think Morgan all have designs either this season or next season that they have spent a lot of time and a lot of hard work on um, getting right, making it play fun, making it balanced, and um, making it evocative of the source material that we're working with. So huge thank you to the steering committee members. I know I get a lot of the public attention because I'm the one with the YouTube channel, but a lot of the credit for all this stuff that they've made goes to these guys. So give them a round of applause. Um, anyway, let's get into the cards. I'm going to be following this my set list here. So we're going to be starting off with the command cards, the faction generic ones, and then we're going to get into the actual factions, starting with Rebel, and then moving up, moving through to Empire, and then finally Scum. So starting us off here, we have a new command card for Brawlers called Beatdown. This is zero points, and by the way, I'm going to have um, Tabletop Admiral open here so I can kind of go through some of the cards that work well with these. Anyway, uh, Beatdown, zero point brawler card used during your activation. While a figure in this group is attacking during this group's activation, apply it plus one damage to the attack results. So basically what this is saying is that when you play this, uh, for the rest of that group's activation, all of their attacks are going to do plus one damage. So this is a card that was created for brawlers, obviously, but there's a lot of brawlers that have kind of weak attacks, but they get to do multiple attacks per round. And they don't always do that great, or they're not that popular. Um, Zeb is a good example of this. He's a brawler where he can do a red-green attack, and he can do his red-red attack. The problem with when you split up your, your damage into two attacks is that you're giving the defender twice the number of uh, defense dice, right? Because every time you attack, they get to roll a defense dice. So if the, especially against figures that have really high defenses, uh, doing this is not a great... It's not great. That being said, against something with paper defenses or no defense, this is these double attacks are really strong. So that's why, you know, it made sense to put it on a command card. A command card is one and done. You play it, and it's gone. It's only good for one activation the whole game. Generally, I mean, you can run this with Afra, But um, there's some fun thing. The other, I think the other thing, the main person, and we're just going to, I think we should just talk about her right now, is uh, combining it with Jin. Uh, Jin Urso has always kind of struggled. We've known she's, like, just just pretty good. She's not amazing, but she was always good enough at 7. And um, I think there was a desire to kind of give her a way to, to get more play. Um, ultimately, we actually decided to just include her in the season and cost her down 1 point. So she used to cost 7. We're costing her down to 6 points for Season 9. We're going to play test it. This is one of the ones I mentioned. We wanted to make sure these cards got tested together. Uh, because Beatdown is really designed for figures like Jin Erso, uh, like Zeb, a few other good brawlers. She, The card you'll notice also is worded so that it works with multi-figure groups. This was kind of a late, later change, um, but it did get tested. 
I think the main ones to worry about with this one is the Riot Troopers. Um, it's going to be really good with Riots, especially if you give them a squad upgrade. Because uh, it it does work for everything in the um, in the group that they're in. I don't think I have... Let's see. Can we search for... I think the only squad upgrade they get would be Flame Troopers. But the Flame Trooper will benefit from the plus one damage. Um, but like Tusken Raiders, we wanted to be able to benefit from it um, wherever they're... Wherever their card is, um, Gamorians. There's just a lot of brawlers that we've upgraded for ICP, either recosted or redesigned. That they don't get a ton of play by players. So we wanted to give something a little spicy for people to play with those cards. Um, another fun thing you can do with this card. There's some. There's a creature card. Where is it? Here, Feral Swipes. Uh, I just like this combo. I think it's kind of hilarious. You can use this with either the Rancor to do three red attacks that all have plus one damage. So you're getting plus three damage from your beatdown here. Or you could use this with the Wampa to do two red attacks. Uh, let's see. Two red attacks that will each have, if you play beatdown, will each have plus three damage. So that's uh, that seems pretty fun, and you still get to do your. It's only one action as opposed to pummel. Uh, I think that's about it. So that this one will be interesting, especially as a zero point card. Uh, next command card is retaliation. So this is a one point guardian command card. When used when a friendly figure is defeated, to either become focused, gain two damage power tokens or move up to two spaces. So it felt like it's been a long time since we had a Guardian command card. And um, um, this is kind of a design we've seen with other cards like Extra Protection. But this is completely, or it's more, I think the most similar thing you can compare this to would be like Chewy, Chewbacca's Debts Repaid. But it doesn't give you the full reactivation because that's a three point card. But instead, it gives you a little bonus whenever another uh, friendly figure is defeated. And it's any friendly figure anywhere on the map. It doesn't have to be within X number of spaces. But the two movement is nice because a lot of guardians are kind of um, melee focused, I should say. And so having the option to get some extra movement from this, and then um, suddenly you're within range now to counterattack whoever, like, one of your opponent's figures is really it can be really nice, but if you're already if you've already got a good attack set up, just go ahead and give focus or give two damage power tokens. Um, it's a it's a really nice card uh, that is reactive and can might catch the opponent off guard. All right, next one is a new technician card. Now technicians we just introduced last season as a new trait, and this is the uh, one new support they're getting this season. Um, actually started off as just a droid card, but we thought, oh, we, just, we need to give technicians something for this season since we split everything up. So droid or technician, two points, special action, perform an attack. You may draw a line of sight from a friendly droid within four spaces, but still measure range from this figure. Apply two accuracy and plus one surge to the attack results. So if that sounds familiar to you, and you've been playing um, 
ICP for a little bit. This is actually really similar to Cassian Andor's card that lets you draw line of sight from a friendly figure. Now Cassian's is unrestricted on range. Uh, it also costs one instead of two. But there's so many more combinations you can do with network connections because um, any droid or technician can play it. It's not limited to one specific one. Uh, so you can have, I think this is especially good with Chewbacca. Um, you don't want to be too far away because his range isn't that amazing. One of the problems with Chewbacca is you want to activate him early, but you don't want to put him up in danger because the opponent's just going to try and kill him so you don't get debts repaid. But with this, you can, if you've got a droid that has line of sight to somebody at the start of the round, you can play this, you get extra accuracy from it, you attack with that, basically from that droid's uh, line of sight, and you can attack with Chewbacca, and then keep Chewbacca back out of sight uh, and safe. And then your opponent will want to kill the droid that uh, the, you used to attack them, and then you get to play Debts Repaid, and it's awesome. So um, there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with this. Um, some better than others, I would say, like IG-88, you're kind of losing out. Um, IG-11, you're losing out because you're not doing rapid fire if you're using this but stuff like HK assassins are really good with this um, Forlom can be good HK 47 can be really good with this because um, you do get the query effect still as well as the conclusion effect um, probe droids can be really good with this um, dark troopers are quite good with this since they do have the surge for plus two accuracy and they'll often be focused so yeah, this is a fun one for technicians and for droids, and it gives you a reason to build a list with both of them together. Because obviously if you have a list that is mostly droids and technicians, you can pretty much draw a line of sight from anything that's within four spaces of you. Alright, so that's it for the faction neutral command cards this season. Uh, we've got one more command card that is technically neutral, but it's for the Rebellion. And this is an upgrade to the Meditation card. So this is now three points, Rebel Force user only. Once during your next activation, oh, special, so cost an action, special action. Once during your next activation, you may move up to four spaces and perform an attack without spending an action. So I've put the old version up on the screen here. Um, that was basically let you bank an action to take an extra action during your next activation. The problem with this was you could never use really use that one additional action to perform an additional attack. So you weren't getting extra attacks from it. You basically were getting an extra movement action only. Um, which is okay, especially if you use it with Channel the Force to make sure you get it first round. But nobody ever played it. There's just too much, too much competition for the Force user command card deck. And the we were a bit miffed that Rebel Force users didn't have their own three-cost uh, three command card to kind of top off their their tool set. Um, a lot of the strongest traits get a three-point card that kind of shows the peak of their power, stuff like Assassinate, um, Grenadier, On the Lamb, Iron Will for Guardians from ICP, new orders for leaders like these cards are really really powerful and they cost three points and they're like this is why you should build a list around 
this trait is because you can get this super powerful but very expensive um, card. So that's what meditation's doing. Um, it also kind of took inspiration from like Davith's uh, command card, Vanish, giving you just free free movement. So the way this works, by the way, is you play the card during your activation. You kind of keep you have to keep track of it that you played it. Then during your very next activation, it doesn't have to be next round. It could be like if you son of Skywalker with Luke, it could be his very next activation. Anytime during that next activation, you can say, okay, I'm going to use this meditation ability. I get to move up to four spaces and perform an attack. And you can do that in either order. You can move the four spaces and then attack, or you could attack and then move the four spaces if you were so inclined. And you do that without spending an action, which means that you can attack. Uh, that attack you get is free, and you can still use one of your actions to perform your normal attack for the round. So this is going to be very powerful. Um, I think we're also going to see a lot of folks using um, Channel the Force to get this into their hand. Now, of course, that's going to cost three strain when you do that because it costs three, so it feels kind of fair in that way. But, um, yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of Channel the Force being used in uh, Force User List going forward to go with this card, which is very powerful. Now, it is also very telegraphed, If you, especially if you're using Channel the Force to get it on turn one, you're, if you see your opponent do that, you know, you got to think, okay, they're going to try and set up a play with meditation and for next round. So maybe just hang back a little bit or, you know, try not to give them a really good meditation activation. Uh, it definitely gets worse the later on in the game you try to play it because it's just like so much happens in round two. If your force users die before round three, before they get to benefit from it, etc., um, it can it can fall off pretty quick, so I think Channel of Force is going to be really good to make sure you have it early. Alright, so that's our command card, so let's get into our new figures for the Rebellion. And we are very excited because this season marks the introduction of the Ewoks. So we finally have uh, some Ewoks in ICP, and these guys are pretty nasty. Uh, there are five points, two figure costs for three figures. They have plus two accuracy and reach. So they have accuracy and reach. Good thing to note that. Uh, they have a double surge for plus two damage. They have a surge for pierce one and a surge for hide. They have three health. They're speed four. They have a white defense dice and they have a melee attack of blue and yellow. They have two abilities. First one is Ambush. It says, after deployment, you become hidden, and while performing a melee attack, apply Pierce 1 to the attack results if you are hidden. So these guys really like to be hidden. And then special action for Sling Barrage. Perform a ranged attack using your printed attack pool. Add one yellow die to the attack pool for each other figure in your group with lines of sight with line of sight to the defender. Then each of those figures becomes stunned. Limit once per group per round. So you can be at, you can the once per uh, round, one of the figures in the group can basically perform a ranged attack that is up to blue, yellow, yellow, yellow. So four dice on top of if they're focused or hidden. But you have to have all of the other Ewok warriors uh, have line of sight to that target. So. Um, what's going to happen a lot of time is if you're not careful, you're going to have a group of these guys run up to you. Two of them are going to smack you with their spears for pretty good damage if they're hidden. And then 
the final one's going to come up and hit you with their uh, slingshot and have all of them join the attack and then they'll all be stunned. So yeah, we're interested to see how people like these. Um, it's been a long time coming, trying to get Ewoks uh, into the game. We've had a lot of different ideas um, put forward over the past, past few seasons. We had some people just like make a whole bunch of them and try to include like a whole little mini army of them, I think probably inspired by Legion. But in the end, we decided we really wanted to condense it down to just one deployment card, because that's how it would probably have been done in the original game. Like, you probably wouldn't have a bunch, like, four or five different Ewok car deployment cards the way they did in Legion. Um, and I think it came out really well. I think I think there's some tweaking to be done with the numbers, for sure. Um, we definitely need more playtesting. I think we've played uh, a few games. I know we've played a few games with these but they definitely need the public's playtesting. And by the way, if you're a campaign player is interested in these, we did make a campaign mission to go along with them to earn them as a side mission, as allies, because they do work in campaign. I mean, I don't know how balanced they are. I can't say that. But they do technically have no issue with being played in campaign. They don't interact with command cards or victory points or anything like that that is normally not work in uh, only works in skirmish. So at the last minute, we were like, hey, we should make a campaign mission to go with these when we spoil them. And um, huge credit to uh, Wesley and the second flock, who, um, or Wesley is the second flock, who put together this mission on very short notice. Um, and then I put together the uh, the actual PDF for it. So definitely check that out. That's over on the website um, on ia-continuityproject.com. It's the article called Caravan of Courage. It has the link to the uh, campaign mission. All right, let's move on because we've got a few of these to talk about. Um, as far as list building for these guys, I have no idea. I mean, they definitely and they are definitely super strong with the new brawler card. Um, as far as like brawlers you can build with, you've got plenty of options in Rebels. I mean, Cardoon, the Wookiee Warriors even are could be really fun to build with them. Um, you got tons of options, so definitely looking forward to seeing what people do with those. All right, next up we have Bodhi Rook. So he is the pilot. He's a two-cost figure um, technician. He's got three health, four speed, a white defense dice, and green and yellow ranged attack. His abilities are plus one accuracy, uh, search for plus two accuracy, search to gain one damage power token, uh, search for plus one damage, and pierce one. And he has two abilities, which are smooth landing, so for those of you who have played the game for a while, you'll recognize that from Hera's deployment card. So it says, after deployment, you and each adjacent friendly figure gain one movement point. And then his new ability is Air Support. When a friendly figure spends a power token while attacking, apply plus two accuracy to the attack results. So this is actually our first two-point figure we've ever designed for ICP. It's it's a... Uh, point cost slot we've avoided for the most part. Um, we got close with Bib, although he actually started at four points, and then we realized he needed to come down to three, and that's been working really well, but this is the first two-point card we made. And um, he is definitely geared around 
the other um, Rogue One figures. So if you've seen the cards we've made for Rogue One, um, Baze Malbus is one. He gets a lot of power tokens. Uh, again, Jin Erso. Let's see if I can. Gives herself power tokens and another friendly figure power tokens with trust both goes both ways. Uh, Cassian gives power tokens with strike team and he gains power tokens with his own surge abilities. Uh, does Turret give power tokens? I think Turret might be the only one that doesn't use power tokens. Although I think in his original design he did. Yeah, Turret's the only one. So, uh, Bodhi is definitely designed with the other Rogue One figures in mind to kind of give them that extra accuracy. Um, he also plays really well with Kotun, obviously, since she's giving out power tokens. And then anything that gives out power tokens, even in other factions, I could see him being played um, with Temporary Alliance in a scum list with something like... Um, what are those guys called? The spy... The Claudite. Claudite Shapeshifter, which can give out tokens with their um, senator senator form. Um, all for that nice plus two accuracy bonus. But also he's just a... Now you get access to that smooth landing ability for just two points. So actually, if you have R2-D2 in your list and you don't want to pay for four points for Hera and don't want to bring Gideon for some reason, but you don't want to be stuck in a situation where R2 cannot get to a terminal because it's one space too far away, Bodhi could actually be a really good card to bring for that for just two points. Um, Alright, let's move on. I think we've got one more card and it's a big one for Rebels. Oh, we got to talk about his command card. So, Zero points for Bodhi Rick. Uh, special action. Distribute two damage power tokens among friendly figures. And if you are adjacent to a terminal, you gain two VPs. So, pretty good. Uh, just gaining two VPs from being next to a terminal for zero points makes this quite good uh, and worth bringing. And then he gives out damage power tokens so that uh, more figures can take advantage of... Oh, did I close it? I closed it. So that more figures can take advantage of the... Uh, the plus two accuracy ability. Alright, so there's Jin. We talked about her. There we go. A new Hope. So this is our first foray into a Spectre Cell-ish type of card that rewards you for building a certain type of list. Um, so in this one, you can only use this card if you have Han Solo, um, Luke for Hero of the Rebellion. So it says, let me read it. It says, I'm going to read it the other way. I don't, I don't know why they wrote it this way, but include this card in your army only if each group in your army has one of the following names or subnames. And so we have Han Solo, Hero of the Rebellion, that's another one, uh, Leia Organa, Chewbacca, Obi Wan Kenobi, R2D2, and C3PO. And for those who are wondering, what the heck is Hero of the Rebellion? Oh, that's Luke Skywalker. And he actually costs um, 7 in IACP. And he gained, he gained an attachment as well, the 0-point um, Heir to the Jedi, which gives him plus 1 damage on his ranged attacks and focuses him whenever he uses the uh, Saber Strike special action. And this is minus 2 points, so if you're wondering how that maths out, um, I believe all of them together is like 40, let's see, let's do that. 
since I have the list builder open. Uh, Luke is seven. Obi Wan. You don't definitely can't fit all of them with this. That was one of the ideas is we wanted it to be like you can still build your list. It's not like Spectre Cell where your list is just pre-built for you. There we go. So it's 48 points if you include everybody. So with the minus two, it goes down to um, 46. So you have to cut one of the bigger figures uh, like Luke or Leia or Obi-Wan. So if you've got Obi-Wan, it's 39. So you can get bring one point. If you've got Chewie, you can actually bring... Um, Quite a bit. I think 35. So you can bring five points of upgrades if you cup Chewy. So that'll be interesting to see what people decide to play. But I haven't mentioned what it actually does. In addition to minus two, so you can include more of those figures in a list, um, it says exhaust this card to allow a friendly figure to play a command card whose restriction matches the name of another deployment card in your army. So we've seen this ability before. We've seen it on Mara Jade and we've not seen it on Leia's command card, although that only works for friendly force users. Um, but basically what it's doing is, once per turn, you get to basically uh, let your other figures play these powerful unique figure command cards. And I'm trying to think of what all of them are. 3PO. It's kind of funny that you can use those. Uh, there, that's all of them. So we've got Debt's Repaid. You can play... This is, I think, the really powerful one is Debt's Repaid, right? Because normally your opponent can stop you from using this card by just killing Chewie first. But now if you kill Chewie first, I'll play Debt's Repaid with uh, Luke Skywalker. And then after I activate my Focus Luke Skywalker again, I'll go ahead and play uh, Son of Skywalker with him. Or vice versa. If you kill somebody besides Chewie, I'll play Debt's Repaid with Chewie, and then I'll exhaust the card to play Son of Skywalker with Chewbacca. Um, you can do other things. If you you can use Make My Own Luck with any of your figures to get them. Basically, turns this into a two-point take initiative that uh, doesn't exhaust anything and can't be negationed. So that's super strong. Um, I don't know if any of the other smaller ones. There is another gets weird. Oh, there's Obi Wan. I forgot about Obi Wan. What does he do? Use the start of the round. Until the end of the round, hostile figures cannot declare attacks targeting you unless they're within three spaces of you. I mean, that's pretty good. It's not super powerful like the other ones, but you put that on somebody like Han, you can really um, change how he, how you position him. Uh, but anyway, like I was saying, let's see. Terminal network's kind of funny. You could have, you could actually have 3PO use this if you wanted to. Uh, what is etiquette and protocol? I think both in your line of sight. That's funny. Um, you could actually, this is something funny you could do with this, is with C-3PO's card. It doesn't say choose another friendly figure, so 3PO can choose himself. So what you could do is you could have one of your figures attack somebody um, and then play, like you could have Han attack somebody and then play Etiquette and Protocol and name Han and that figure you just attacked and now they can't attack you back, which is kind of funny. Um, let's see. So, yeah, there's some really powerful combos you can do with this, and the minus two should be just enough to let... Uh, and for those who don't know, A New Hope, this is referring to the group of heroes that was in, um, was in the first movie and went to the Death Star to rescue Leia, so... Really, really fun card design, and we'll see if, hopefully, it's not broken like Spectre Cell was, but, uh... 
I think we've got a game log that has already come in now from from players using this card in a list. So look forward to seeing that. I'm going to try and get that up uh, by tomorrow. All right. So I think that's it for rebels, and now we are moving into imperials. So we have the fifth brother, who's eight points for a force user hunter brawler. He's got 14 health, 4 speed, black defense dice, and a melee attack of red, blue, blue. Surge for plus 2 damage, surge for pierce 3, and cleave 1. And he has three abilities. First one is Vigor, which we have seen on Ahsoka. Uh, and that is at the start of your activation, you may gain two movement points or move, uh, excuse me, or gain one block token. And then he has Relentless Pursuit. When you declare an attack, the target suffers one strain. And of course, this is a, an homage to the Relentless ability, which is normally on ranged attackers. Uh, but since this is a melee figure, we just took out the um, the stipulation on, on being within three spaces. And then we've got his special action ability, Sith Acolyte. So it lets you search your command deck for a card with the force user or brawler trait that costs two or less, reveal it and put it into your hand, then shuffle your command deck. So this is the real reason to take this. You can basically put together the parting blow combo every game when you need it. Um, this is something that Vader is going to be particularly interested in if you're a Vader player. Um, because you can find any of the pieces, pretty much. You can find looking for a fight. You can find parting blow. You can find uh, dark energy. Or you can find... What you can't find is... You can't find lure of the dark side. Um, that was really important, because that card's super strong and really annoying if you can get it round one. So we tried to avoid... We, that's why the limit of two or less exists. But you can find Force Surge, you can find Force, uh, any, any of the Force User cards. Um, you can actually find, I, was, I remember I was talking about this with the steering committee, you can find the new Knowledge and Defense, because this is not stipulate you can only get um, Imperial Command cards. You can find Knowledge and Defense and then start discarding it to uh, Zillow Technique, and then because Knowledge and Defense says your Force users, not your Rebel Force users, but any of your Force users have the ability to surge to redraw it, you can kind of start using it as free Zillow Technique fodder. I'm very interested to see if people try out that combo, because um, it's a little bit uh, counterintuitive to be using a Rebel card, but it's kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, that's the fifth brother. Um, we normally are very strict and careful about command card draw in Empire, but we're experimenting here with a, a version of command card draw that is like, you know, R2-D2 draws a card for three points in a ha an action, so that's like half of his actions. What does it look like if you have an eight-point figure that can do something similar, but he can't draw any cards? Like, he can't draw just any cards. He can only draw specific cards. Um, so you have to build your deck around him. So we're checking, we're looking at that. Alright, so his command card is one point, you will not deny me. Uh, special action, choose a hostile figure within three spaces. The chosen figure becomes stunned, then perform an attack with a different target. Uh, this one's based around some of, I guess, some of his, what he did in the novels, and um, 
kind of what he does when he fights against Ahsoka or before Ahsoka appears. The flavor is like some weakling challenges him and he just blows him away with the force. Also based kind of on what he does to Reva in the Obi-Wan show. Um, but just an interesting card. Basically you have to have two targets with uh, hostile figure targets and then one of them you have to be adjacent to. The other one you can just stun. Um, yeah, nothing, not a whole bunch of crazy combos with this, but an interesting way to stun a target. Alright, our next one is going to be the Imperial Officer, and this is going to be a redo of an old card, but not a whole lot has changed here. Uh, instead of 5 points, it's gone down to 4. <clears throat> has 1 extra health compared to the original. And it now surges for plus 2 damage instead of plus 1. But otherwise, you've got the same executive order. Um, gives you a full move or an attack to a figure within two spaces. Still a leader, but now it's four points instead of five. So this one will be interesting. I think there's a lot of cool things you can do specifically with lists that are using um, the new general's ranks from season five. Uh, when you want to get those extra out-of-activation attacks or movements, you've got now a very cheap option. Obviously, it's not as cheap as a two-point officer, which can give you... Um, now a full move if you're targeting something with General's Ranks. But this can now uh, give you access to an attack for four points. It's kind of like a mini version of Emperor Palpatine, but with less um, less extra stuff going on, since you don't have Force Lightning and you don't have Tempt, blah, blah, blah. Um, it'll be interesting to see how this compares to General Soren, who is five points, and his main thing is he gives the special action to give a figure an attack. Um, but Soren shares his surge abilities, so that's really big for droids who want to be able to get focused up. So there we go. That is going to be it for Imperials. And now finally into Scum. We have our first figure. It's going to be Fennec Shand. Five points for a Hunter Guardian. Uh, she has eight health, uh, speed five, two white dice, which is kind of the first time we've ever done that. And three blue dice ranged attack again. Same time we've first time we've ever done that. She has surge for plus two damage, surge for pierce two, and professional. Uh, she has sharpshooter. Whenever you declare an attack, if the target is five or more spaces away, you become focused. Yes. So what are we doing? What is happening here? This is five points for a four dice figure with two white defense dice, speed five, and a reroll, and the two best surge abilities you can give to a ranged figure. Well, she has a downside ability, which is called Bounty. When you're defeated, your opponent gains three additional VP. So she gives out VP uh, equal to an eight-point figure. So that's kind of the whole twist on this card is she is a bit of a glass cannon. I mean, white. she has double white dice, but white dice can blank very easily. Um, and if she goes down, she gives away eight health, or eight, eight VPs. Um... So that's Fennec. Uh, I think she's interesting. She's just definitely generated a lot of interesting discussion amongst the community about how many points a figure is worth and um, how many, like, how much you can have a figure do and whether a figure's worth its points only if you kill it. Um, she's definitely she she's very strong if you if she never dies. If she doesn't die, then she's only costing you five out of your whole army. So that makes her quite powerful. If she does die, she gives up eight. 
Um, we've mathed her out to be worth about six or seven points in terms of what those types of figures usually do. Like if you look at, um, like Onar, right, what that figure is doing, or Hondo, who is often rolling three dice with a plus two modifier, and it's five speed. So um, she's definitely, I think, the one that's going to probably get tweaked the most going into the first update. I think it's just hard to math it out. And we need a lot more data than what the steering committee can do internally in terms of playtesting to see um, how how she's going to play out, how often she makes her points back, etc. How annoying the double white dice is going to be. That's all things we're going to have to to test out with her. Uh, but she does have a command card, which is called Dangerous Prey. It's two points, and it says use after an attack targeting you is resolved. If the attacker is adjacent to you, it suffers two damage. Then move up to five spaces. And we have reminder text here that says you can move even if the attacker was not adjacent. Um, so this is going to be really good with her because, like I said, um, for Fennec to be really strong, she needs to not die. Um, and so this is a way to keep Fennec alive. But you still have to take an attack to use it. But if you do, all of a sudden she is going to be out of there and not is going to be back to safety. So it makes it really hard for the opponent. This is kind of like a fixed on the lamb almost, I think. Like if they made on the lamb do this, but without the damage, like I don't think anybody would hate it nearly as much, right? But it would still be really powerful because it would be like you could put Han out for an end of round attack, and then he takes one attack and then you move him out of sight, and now he's safe. But you still had to take a risk by taking one attack, at least. But that's what we're going to see um, Fennec doing is with this, probably, is you put her out there, you take a snipe attack, end of round, your opponent maybe take, take initiative, and they're not quite able to finish her off, and then you play this so she's not taking extra attacks from the opponent. So, very powerful positioning card. Um, kind of similar to Hit and Run, too. Um... In fact, I I think this will have a this will have a direct competition in hit and run in Fennec Shand lists, right? Because with hit and run, you can do something very similar. You're not getting five movement; you're only getting three. But this only costs one point, and you don't have to expose her to an attack when you do it. So, um, I think both are powerful. Of course, dangerous prey is less is more reactive so like if your opponent if you did position her well but your opponent like just got a really good end of round positioning and then is going to hit you start around with a bunch of attacks and there was nothing you could really do about it this will dig you out of that issue but if you're trying to set up so that you can snipe something and then not be have to deal with um, being attacked back i think hit and run is probably going to be the better card and next up we have another card from the book of boba show which is carsantin this is an 8-point Wookiee Brawler Hunter, uh, formerly Black Carsantin, as I understand it, uh, from the comic books. But it is he is named Carsantin in the new TV shows. Uh, he's 13 health, speed 4, uh, he has 1 black defense dice. He has a ranged attack with red, green, green. He's got plus 1 block and a built-in pierce 2. He's got surge for plus 1 damage and bleed and surge for plus 2 accuracy. And he has two abilities. The first one is Full of Rage. When you declare an attack, if you have suffered three or more damage, become focused. 
and then electrified knuckle dusters. Once during your activation, choose an adjacent figure and roll one blue die. That figure suffers damage equal to the damage results. Then, if you rolled one or more surge results, the figure becomes stunned. So he has a very similar uh, ability to Chewbacca's smash, uh, or slam, and uh, Caradune's smash, but instead of pushing figures around, uh, he can stun them. And then he is rolling a ridiculous amount of attack dice. Uh, if he's damaged, he's going to be rolling four dice, and he has an innate pierce too. Uh, but his surge abilities are pretty bad, so it kind of makes up for it. He's also about as uh, beefy as Garkon is. About as hard to kill with the plus one block. Um, and then Hunter Brawler is a really good uh, combination. Also, he is a Wookiee Hunter, which means he can play um, Overwhelming Impact on top of... He can't play Overwhelming Impact with Assassinate because of the limitations on that. But he can absolutely play it with other Hunter cards like Tools for the Job, stuff like that. Um, yeah, Carcenton's a, a powerhouse. Uh, he definitely hits like a truck. And it'll be interesting to see, again, what the results are of the wider playtesting. Um, it seems that his durability was an issue and it was an exploitable issue in internal playtesting. So that's something that we're going to have to see from our uh, community playtesting is does he hit too hard? For, for his points cost and are his uh, traits going to be a problem? Because those are also a big um, debate internally. Is do we give? Obviously, he's a Wookiee, but which one do we give him? Do we do we give him the hunter trait? Do we give him the brawler trait? We weren't quite sure. So give him all of them. See how they play together. Uh, Carsten, he is scary. I, I gotta say. Uh, and then a lot. I will also say a lot of his design work went into this card, which is his command card. Originally was going to be part of his deployment card, but we realized that it would actually work better as a command card. So disarm one point. It says use during your activation to put this card into play. If you do, choose an adjacent hostile figure to suffer one damage and become bleeding and weakened. The chosen figure cannot discard the weakened condition. So that the bottom ability is what happens while it's in play, and then the top ability is what happens when you put it into play. So what this is representing is permanent weakened. And it was so hard trying to write out how to make some a condition be permanent on a deployment card, especially when uh, when a figure is defeated, the abilities on the its deployment card are no longer active. So it stops being permanent when Carsantin dies, and that's not what we wanted. So we realized if we put it on, on a command card, the command card can stick around even if Carsantin dies, and so now we'll have permanent weakened on something. Also, it limits it to one, I think it was limited to once permission on the deployment card, so having it on a command card um, makes this a lot, a lot more manageable. Um, and I will talk about the next card. Let's see, I think we're down to our last card here for Season 9. And this one's a fun one because this is one that I do want to give credit to um, Jake, uh, Jake Peterson, a former steering committee member. He actually designed this card a while ago, and uh, while we were rummaging through some of our old designs, we found it and thought we could play with it. And uh, so, uh, hats off to uh, Jake for this idea that we have now refined for Season 9. This is Scavenged Walker. 
uh, minus one point for an attachment uh, for the ATST or the ATDP only. And mind you, this is for the scum faction. Uh, it says include one of the named groups in your army and attach this card to it. You lose assault and cannot re-roll attack dice. And at the end of the round, you may perform an attack. Apply minus one to the attack results. So for those who don't know, the ATSC has been reduced from 14 points down to 10 points in IACP. And then you've got the ATDP, which is the normal nine points. So this is another one that was, well, this is inspired by The Mandalorian. I think it was season two uh, that had this episode with the uh, the walker that had been scavenged by the, uh, the raiders to terrorize a village or something. Anyway, um, this is kind of where we went with moving the, giving more vehicle and massive figures some love uh, for other factions. Uh, it's important to note that you don't get access to Imperial Retrofitting with this card because that is a, an Imperial Skirmish Upgrade, so you can only run that in an Empire list, and this is a Mercenary Skirmish Upgrade, so you can only have this in a Mercenary list. So you are giving up access to that. That's part of why we have the minus one cost there, because we felt like you're pretty, you're kind of losing two points of value, right? Uh, or maybe one point of value when you can't bring Imperial Retrofitting. So to make up for that, um, we are giving, at least for the ATST, we're giving it a points discount. So it's the ATST will cost nine points if you bring it with this card. And the ATDP will cost only eight points. Now the ATDP, uh, normally you can't use it with retrofitting, but the thing that the ATDP loses access to going into mercenaries is general's ranks. That's what you normally see on the ATDP to give it some extra movement from officers. Uh, so that's the reason why the ATDP also benefits from it. Now the ATDP is also, and, and the ATST both lose access to their um, extra attack abilities and their rerolls. It just felt like it was too strong with the. So we didn't have the bonus attack on there originally. Originally it was just that one, that top line of text. But if we felt like there just wasn't enough incentive to bring those two units into a scum list without access to retrofitting and general's ranks, which is what makes them playable and good in Empire lists. So we wanted to add something to it that gave it a little more pop and made it be like, all, not, not only made it more attractive to bring those lists or figures into a, a mercenary list, but also made them feel and play differently than they do um, when they're played in an Empire list and a little more aggressive as well. So uh, that's where the end of round attack came in. It ended up being really strong with that extra bonus end of round attack, so that's where the minus one damage, and then eventually um, taking assault away from the DP and the reroll away from the ATSD came in, because uh, it was a little too we felt it was a little too powerful. Yeah, it'll be really fun. it's really fun though to play with this. It does make them feel totally different than when you play them in Empire, and there's a, some fun list building things you can do with this. So. Looking forward to seeing people playing some massive vehicles in uh, in their scum lists. But yeah, I think that's it. That's it for Season 9, everybody. I hope you guys enjoy the new cards. Um, again, check out the link to Vassal. And uh, thank you all for watching, and uh, I hope to see you playtesting. Oh, playtesting league.
starts January 15th, so that's next week, Monday. So make sure you sign up. I'll post a link to the Roll Better link to sign up for that. That generally runs for the two months, but you can drop in and out. There's no, it's very loosey-goosey. It's not about winning. It's about testing and giving us data and giving, getting your feedback. So hope to see you guys for the Playtest League, and we will see you in Season 9.